Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Matt in the B-Flats, episode two. We're doing it. It's a thing now. It's repeating. Amazing. Episode two. Welcome to the show. Pee to poop. Yep, here we are. <laughs> uh... We are really excited to be back for a second episode now. I think even when we recorded the first episode, I wasn't even sure if we were going to release it at the time, but I had so much fun recording it, and I felt like the conversation was too good. We got to meet Brian for the first time, Raleigh. Uh, You guys got to see the return of me and Matt together. Uh, It was just too good to to not release. So, episode (laughs) two, right here. Uh, let's go through everyone right now. I'm Brian. If you don't know, you probably do. Um, let's go right to Matt. Matt, how's life? How's everything? What are you listening to? All that stuff. Uh, I, life is good. It's a busy week. Uh, we're recording, um, middle of the day before I go to work. So that's why nobody heard a beer open. Um, because I, I try and be responsible, but, uh, no, life, life's, life's pretty good. Um, I actually finally got around to listening to the new Arcade Fire album, kind of underwhelming. And for some reason, I felt like listening to The Dead today. <laughs> Grateful I, Dead, really? Yeah. It's because like, we were talking about him the whole last well, week. So well, like. there was a, there was a cool, there was a cool thing that came out last year called Day of the Dead. It's a compilation by a bunch of modern indie rock artists for charity where they all did they all did pretty much by the number by the numbers covers of Grateful Dead songs. And there are two songs that weren't covered. They're actually the like I only really like maybe five Grateful Dead songs. And the two songs that weren't on there are um, Casey Jones, which is your dog. Oh, man. And um, Alabama Getaway. Alabama Getaway is like my legit. It's, it's my unironic favorite Grateful Dead song because I don't know why, but I think it's because I played it a lot in Rock Band 3. But, um, but yeah. <laughs> um, Where your music inspiration comes from. No. Rock Band 3. <laughs> no. Just, I, well. I mean, I know Brian Raleigh's in a band and he, he creates music, but for someone who has never been able to do that, like the interaction of rock band, I thought it made me think about how music is made differently. No, I'm not going to sit here and say because I could get five gold stars on expert level in Stairway to Heaven that I am a guitarist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, yeah. But it's still fun anyway though. But to be yeah, in that, like, like atmosphere kind of like the pseudo atmosphere of being yeah, a band. Like even yeah. if even if like like I I mean it, it was cool that I that I was thinking about music that I fucking hated differently and it was a way to do that because there were some of those songs that I just can't fucking stand. Anyway, <laughs> I've talked enough. Raleigh, how are you, sir? I'm good. It was a uh, it was a good week. Over at the ice cream shop, uh, can't really complain. Um, I had a uh, band powwow um, yesterday. Uh, there was some turbulence, uh, you know, going on in the band, but you know, we fixed it up. Um, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. You guys already have a Yoko Ono, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Yes, Brian's the Yoko Ono. He just gets up on stage. <laughs> just starts screaming during the show. Tells everyone to stop. Hang on, it's my turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so uh, yeah, I felt really good about that because that was bugging me all week uh, that 
um, you know, things weren't right in our house. Um, and then um, we got a show uh, tomorrow, Saturday, um, in Flushing Meadows Park. Uh, apparently, that they 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 have a um, a Saturday Saturday night market in the park um, from like um, May to August. Um, and so we got in uh, for this week, and uh, it's probably going to be the biggest crowd we've played. Um, the guy told me that they get about eight thousand people a day. Like it's a it's a all day market. I think it's from like uh, twelve to twelve. Um, so that will I mean even if we play in front of like two hundred people, that's um, that's definitely uh, probably the most we've we've ever played to. Um, and that's really good because you know we're still really excited. It's only been a week uh, since our EP release, and um, we had we had four uh, we had ten people buy it, um, and we've already had about uh, seven hundred streams. Um, so uh, you know we're uh, we're pretty happy with that for right now. Um, of course, I'd love to see that take off, but. Um, Eventually, yeah. Be <laughs> yeah. real with me here. When's when's the vinyl coming out? What color is it coming on? And can I get it signed? I, I mean, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, no, no, for real. No, no that I, needs to happen though. No, so I I I um found this guy online. Uh, he does album um uh like vinyl pressing for like really not that expensive at all. And the the problem is. Um, that our EP is five songs. Um, if it was four songs, we could put it on um, a forty-five. A forty-five, and it would be okay. But a five-song would have to go on on a on a uh, regular size one. Well, d- does he do it, ten inches? Cause like there's the, there's yeah. the seven inch and then there's then there's the the twelve there's, that everybody knows the but then there's the okay. ten that's okay. like right yeah, in the middle. I'm just saying like yeah. there's a lot of jokes that can be made there. I'm not saying any of them, but there were a lot of jokes yeah. with what you just. I I, just, I, all right, I move on. I chose my words. Move on. <laughs> but but like at the yeah, same time, so, well, I mean you know there's there's uh, Aerosmith once covered a song called Big Ten Inch. And that is true. They, they they and it's a song about a record. Now the uh, way that the way that they deliver the lyrics, it doesn't sound like a song about a record. It sounds like something else. Oh okay. Like yeah. I mean, because because literally you see you hear Steven Tyler inflect. He goes, "She really likes to put on my big ten inch record of the <laughs> band that plays the blues." <laughs> Well, it sounds like something you might listen to after you're listening to your S and M albums or songs or whatever you were talking about last week. I mean, yeah, I, I do I do like old double entendre blues. I believe it's called Hokum Blues, and I do have <laughs> I do have an album of it called Please Warm My Wiener, and oh my, it's a good time. Wait a <laughs> it's it's a good time. Blues? That's the real name of. Oh like, yeah, oh yeah. R. Crumb did the artwork for it. Like it's it's a, it's a legitimate thing. Damn. Okay. Google that. Anyway, I'm interested now. Continue, Brian. What were you talking about? I got distracted. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> you just talking about putting his album, his like, I... EP out on, on. Oh yeah, yeah. I was talking about put my wiener out. On, <laughs> on, uh, on 
Um, Don't drop the yeah, needle no, on your wiener. He, That's not how you do this. <laughs> oh, really? No. <laughs> You're doing uh, it wrong. It shouldn't hurt. Yeah. <laughs> doing it right. He does He does do the 10-inch, but then it would be the same thing. Where, But I, I guess you could cut it where it, it could be three and two. Um, yeah. Or I was just yeah. thinking, like, cut out. This uh, is, like, a real discussion for the band. Probably doesn't yeah, necessarily... It's this, not that relevant to the show. Don't let any of this... Bear on on the band. We're just we're, we're just talking. Here. Well, no. What 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 I, I would say we do is uh, we have a song. Brian's heard it because he's seen us play uh, Bones, um, and I, I would like to record that um, before school starts, and then I, I have it like a six three on three side. I have a special version, um, you know, ten inch. Um, there you go. Limited run stuff. Limited, you're already becoming. Yeah. You're already becoming the Smiths. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I actually saw it. It's it's been like 40 years since they've been broken up. I don't know. I saw that on Twitter or something. I was like, wait, since the Smiths broke up? I, I'm pretty sure. No, they something. they they no, they, they broke up in '89, so it's close to 20, or it's close to 30 actually. I don't know. Someone or each other, it was a different band. It was a different famous band like that. Probably. You were saying before we went on air, I guess we could call it, that um, you you like you listen to your your EP once on iTunes. How does that how does that feel? Because like I don't know what that means. Like I I've, I've, I've like, never made anything. Like, you're, you're like all of a sudden there's like I've listened to podcasts. I've been on. I'm like oh I did that. And is it is it kind of like that or is it just like do you just I feel like it, do you see all your flaws right there? Well, like that's the thing is um, like uh, before we put it out on like all major platforms like that. Um, I had probably about a hundred people, uh, including uh, Brian, um, listen to it over and over again uh, to uh, you know to make sure that like it, it was the way that good. we wanted it. Um, the way we were we recorded this one, um, it was um, it was kind of really a rush job. It was not um, the four of us uh, minus the lead singer it was not our first time in the studio so uh, that was good and bad I feel like we rushed a lot of things we were like oh we've done this before um, and then um, we, we never went back and kind of listened to it as a band so um, it, that kind of stunk the, the guy was uh, in Jersey so it was hard to go to him mm-hmm uh, but I mean, he gave us a, a really, really, really good deal. Um, and if anybody out there uh, needs to record like heavier rock um, and like metal, this guy uh, is definitely good for his price. Um, so I, you know, the, the, the way that we recorded. What this else have one, you recorded like, in in a studio as well, too, Brian? Because I, I pretty much um, only know about the Wayward Strangers. Did you work on anything else before that, too? Uh, like just casually, even? I had my own studio uh, for in my house. Uh, I mean, it wasn't really like super professional, but I mean, I, I put stuff up on like 
SoundCloud and stuff. And when I was applying to college, um, I I had to send in recordings of me playing. Um, when I um, I applied to a bunch of programs, I thought maybe for a little bit I wanted to do like sound sound engineering in a studio. Um, so I mean nothing that was like ever on iTunes and stuff, but I I do have like a, a whole bunch of stuff on SoundCloud that I was just like fucking around with and like oh this sounds cool or like yeah, yeah. Um, and I I, I I feel like that's also like the new wave of like being creative is you can get instant feedback which is uh, something really interesting uh, to see in the industry is like. I can, you know, you guys know, we could record this podcast, throw it right on SoundCloud, get 10 people to listen to it and be like, what'd you guys think? Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, and, and, um, you know, that's, that's something like was never really done before. Yeah. I feel like know? it's just such a um, different atmosphere for, uh, yeah. compared to like probably pre-2000s music or, or like grunge ba- or uh, garage bands rather and like indie bands and stuff like that uh, just how much more difficult it would be to reach a bigger audience before really the internet before SoundCloud was a thing before YouTube was a thing uh, yeah but like it uh, that was all, that was also like a very like personal like experience then at that point like you went out, um, I mean, I play in James Arlo, and he's 10 years older than me, so um, he, you know, he was saying, uh, talking about the days where he would be on tour, and he would go to, you know, the mall, you know, they'd be in Ohio, and they would go to the mall and physically hand out CDs, their, you know, their music with tickets, and say, come to the show tonight. Yeah. You know, it, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, yeah, you, you might have that a little bit, especially in New York City. But, I mean, it's I feel like now if you can't draw an audience online, if you can't book a show, you know, through your social media and guarantee a certain number of people before you even meet them, um, then you're kind of dead in the water a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then again, like, uh, uh, then at the same time, like, it, it takes out the whole grind of it, you know, and like, and, and, you know, a, a lot of people think <coughs> that, oh, you guys just play music. I mean, like, even a lot of musicians, I, I know a lot of great musicians locally that are just content with putting music out. Like, that's it. They don't yep. really play shows or they, you know, <laughs> and it's like, have you just, like, put in the work just a little more you'd be able to really like have people come out like your music is really good i mean i, I, I think it's really good and yeah I think I well i think it's interesting a lot of uh artists have that opportunity to not to just literally put music out and not uh not actually go play shows and i i mean the first thing that comes to mind is Maddion for me and i think he plays shows now but for a long time, he was just kind of editing songs together that sounded really cool and then posting them on SoundCloud. Uh, and that's a in, insanely different process. I mean, it's not something I think you could even feas- like think to do uh, to not to get people to listen to your music but not go on 
go to shows or well, go on tour or something like that yeah and i mean especially now like there there's there's no money in just putting music out there i mean like you know you put music on soundcloud for free but i mean i can tell you right now like i could not put my music on like on like um like uh spotify or or, or like a streaming service right and i would not reach 75 percent of the people that i've already reached right but if i do that and it's only on like itunes or physical copies and people don't have to buy it i get you know a larger percentage but i'm not reaching you know three quarters of the people so i mean like i like i know like if you want to make money and you want to make this a lifestyle you really have to be out there touring pretty much all the time and i, yeah. I think you see that with bigger people is like they're always doing I mean Coldplay's on like month 17 of a 24 month tour. What I actually thought was really interesting you know? is the Killers are on tour right now too and looking at their schedule right now for the, like it is insanely grueling. Wait, are we going to the garden? I, I looked at tickets <laughs> there they're, they're 141 last time I checked. But dude like I don't know. I've, we gotta see them, dude. We I saw the them already, too. But yeah, but, uh, but at like, Madison Square Garden, but, yeah, that would be pretty. But like, too. it's their own show. Like they're like they're gonna play like probably twenty five songs, dude. Like I saw Kings Leon on uh, Tuesday yeah. uh, for Fran's birthday, and um, they played. I, I think their set list was like twenty one songs, dude. Yeah, that'd be pretty insane. Uh, I mean, maybe. I, I'm, I'm not saying no. I was just say shout out to anyone who likes the 1975. If you had the chance to go see them live, I uh, saw them live in um, June, uh, and it was like it was really one of the best concerts I've ever been to. And like I've, I'm not into um, big venues at all. I feel like you know you go to Madison Square Garden, you overpay for a seat and um you know it's not really a real experience but uh this experience with with the 1975 is just insane yeah so i don't know but uh it's all i have to say with that. what i was going to say about the killers thing looking at their schedule of, of putting shows together uh or tours together the fact that they're doing back to back to back to back nights some nights just uh i saw they're going from uh, New York to Washington D.C. back to New York in like a four-day span, uh, yeah. while playing shows every night. I mean, that's got to be. I feel like even just a toll on your body, <laughs> like with how Brandon I mean, Flowers tries to get the crowd pumped up and stuff. Like, or any. Think about uh, this though, like their crew that like has to set up like um, another thing. It, 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 like if you guys have, I think it's on Showtime. It's called Roadies. Uh, might be on HBO. Um, watch that; it's a phenomenal show. Uh, they're coming out with season two soon. Uh, you know, think about the crew. Yeah. Like they physically Putting everything like, together. Like when you play stadiums, like there's no backline. Like you're big enough where you bring your entire backline. And I know, like 
I hate playing shows where I have to bring all my shit because I have to set it up, you know? Um, and, like, it's all part of, like, the grind and the process, but at the same time, it's like, you know, now these people are bringing Drumbotrons, you know, they have four tractor trailers, and, and um, yeah. you know, it, it, it's just pretty crazy. Um, for the crew, like, they work crazy hours. I cannot imagine that. transition now i want to talk a little bit about the uh, the most influential artists for each of us right now because i feel like it's still episode two i think people still are getting a feel for who we are and like our, our like yeah. what we're what direction we, we lean towards uh musically um so is this like most influential like in the moment right now or like most influential like in my life so i mean you could take it both ways too i mean uh choose your own adventure choose your own adventure well uh, i guess while i'm rolling with it right now um i'd say currently my most influential especially in the music making process uh would be the killers um i mean if you look at Brandon Flowers' uh, vocal melodies and just the way that, like, everything doesn't rhyme, but it fits. And he goes places. He uses the voice, in my opinion, as a instrument um, rather than just a tool. I feel like uh, this is a big debate that musicians ha- have is, like, there's no debate that, you know, a, a voice is an instrument, but... Um, to yeah, whoever's whoever's as, having that argument can shut up. I'm just gonna say that right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah, like yeah. I I can uh, I can easily name off 30 artists in the next 15 minutes that would shut that down. Yeah, and like, and um, it's it, it's the point that if it's used as a tool or used as an instrument, and where where that line of the two meet because. Um, you know, it, it should be a tool to enhance the song, obviously, with uh, the lyrics, but it, it, it should be used as an instrument in the, in the way that um, you should be able to go a, a lot of different ways with the vocal melody. Yeah. And, like, if you look at the way or you listen to the way Brandon Flowers changes that you know not not every verse is the same exact way i don't know if you guys know about like rhyme patterns you know you go a a b a or or or, 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 or you know or something like you know something like that like if you look at it a lot of his songs are all are all over the place and to be able to to make that line in your music i feel like it is a very defining moment um, and uh, and it, it takes so much technical skill to to say, you know, I'm going to think of the voice as maybe you know a piano or a guitar and see what what I could do um, to to make it as weird but fit. 
Yeah, you yeah. know, I feel um, like that's something. I'm interested what you think about that, Matt. Because, and I'm sure this is we're. I don't think any of us are going to be talking about uh, hip hop that much. But I will say, and as much as I think the dude's a dick, uh, Kanye West's ability to, to use voice as an instrument is incredible. Yeah, uh, and part of that. You've seen that video. Uh, I have not. I don't even know what video you're talking yeah. about. Oh. Which one? There's there, like there a video are several. On Facebook. <laughs> I've seen some of the videos. Like, and like, this is so true. And I've been telling people for years this is he um, he kind of really like took off with uh, something called the vocoder, um, where he uh, I'm going to stop it. you right there, Raleigh. The only reason I'm going to say that he didn't take off with it, like. He just re- there are there are plenty of people that did that before well, he did. <laughs> and he's just yeah, like, yeah, but, I'm gonna do but, that. All right, all right, hang on. But I'm like, tell me what the vocoder is. The so thing that does the, the auto tuning. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. Well, for 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 a layman, you can make that bridge. That was why I said it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it it really makes it sound more like a synth. Like like if you listen to his music at first like 808s and heartbreak he's singing into like, a vocoder it, in it, yeah it is like the the entire pretty much album sounds like he's using a synth but he's really just like humming yeah into a vocoder and like i i mean from a r&b or a rap perspective um, I mean, I don't really know anyone else, you know, who who kind of made that theirs, and then everyone else basically kind of followed that um, even till today. Um, well, I know like Daft Punk in the late '90s and early 2000s really popularized it with their first two albums because all the vocals on their first two albums are robotic like that. Yeah, um, like I, I I meant in like. The rap arena. I, like I, I was going. Now. I was getting there. <laughs> and then shortly yeah, yeah. after that, um, I believe Akon made a big, at least popular impact with it. I don't think any of his music was good. Well, that was well, that was auto tune. Is it? Is it I, right? But like that, it's still that sound though. It, eh. I mean, you, you, I you, and I, I can know. come at this from two different angles yeah. and yeah. and like I, um, I feel like I feel like I feel like it's best that we don't really start the argument because it'll be it'll be confusing and yeah, I, and I, I, mean, I, I have and, no idea what's going and, on right and, now I mean and it, I know I'm like half wrong I I, I yeah I get I that mean, um, the only thing that I'm saying is auto-tune is a program where where um where the vocoder is an instrument yeah no and and, and 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 so I I'm, and I know that, but I don't know any more than that. Yeah, like that's that you 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 that's as far into that hole that I can go with you and be and be like, a help. Like <laughs> like auto tune is more used for like it's like afterwards, right? For yeah, for like correcting and and like making it sound like glossy like that. Like I I, I don't know. How to put it, but if you listen to like Akon, like it, like it, like it, like it sounds a lot more glossy. Yeah, well, it sounds like super. Then, it sounds like it sounds like it sounds like broke ass robot to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, but and then and then that that started happening at a time like it was like 
just after Kanye West had had his had his had his first real outburst as like I'm a you know self interested narcissistic prick. Um, yeah. Because, like, it was right after Late Registration had come out. You know, he was... I mean, and that's a great goddamn album. It's probably... It's, it, actually, his first two albums are masterpieces, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, for sure. But it was, like, it was like where... it was He had that moment where Kanye the man separated from Kanye the artist. And then... And, and, and that's been his biggest problem, I feel like, is, like, he, like... He's a great rapper, in my opinion. I don't really listen to rap, but if I was going to, to listen to rap, especially his first two albums were phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But then his attitude and and the way he carries himself. Oh yeah. Is, I mean, you know, it's just deplorable. Yeah. But, you know. But see, and and then that's and people talk. People want to come at him specifically, like, you know. Oh, he! I'm not gonna buy his music because he's a dick. Um, okay, yeah, plenty he, of amazing like, artists are dicks, oh, and I feel like I'm. Like, oh yeah, like like, but like he gets paid either way, and like yeah. that's like the sad part. It is it, it, like he 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 could be a dick all you want. Like he's still selling out shows. Like people can talk so much shit about him and say he's a dick, whatever. But like. He still sells out Madison Square Garden three, four nights in a row. Right, and and yeah. But the thing is, th- those are the same people that will 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 be like, oh, well, I'm not going to listen to Kanye West's music, um, but I'll go to a Woody Allen movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and there are plenty. Like, like you know, uh, I grew up in a Midwestern conservative family, and my parents absolutely absolutely hate when I talk about Woody Allen movies because he did something a little creepy. He married his adopted <laughs> daughter. That's a little creepy. I don't yeah. I don't endorse that. But I feel like you can't discredit all the things they do as no, artists at the same time. I mean, because that happens throughout all of history as artists do just messed oh, yeah. up things or just are messed up people. But sometimes I feel like their insanity that they sometimes show off in like other ways also comes out in beautiful ways in like the way they make art or music or anything. I mean, uh, Kanye West said it himself, name me one genius that ain't crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, like... And you have to be... I feel like uh, Brian can really kind of contest this. It's like, I, like, not that I'm a genius at all, but, but to, to be as creative as you need to be to make this a lifestyle... You have to be fucking nuts, and mm-hmm. like Brian knows, like there's times where I'm, I'm, most times I'm fucking bouncing off the walls and and doing all, all, all types of crazy shit. But it's it's all part of the process of being creative, and I I would rather have that that trait of being a little crazy and a little bit of like unpredictable than um you know yeah you, and, you and, need to be able you know, to have a ahead to like stay in this world or whatever for as, as long as you possibly can though too um yeah True. It just it's difficult to to manage stuff sometimes. i mean just the fact that i i, I chased after fran for all those years right? <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah that's a whole story that that's is a, not getting on the show a, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast itself 
Um, I'll have you guys on NGR. We can talk about that. We can talk about it there. <laughs> um, but um, uh, so, Brian, which uh, go back to influential artists uh, for your life? You'd say so, the Killers um, are probably uh, and so Flowers. The, yeah, for sure. And um, I'd say I, you know, my what my second one is going to be. Um, um, Jack's Mannequin. This is band. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I would like to do a little segment uh, eventually about why 2005 is um, arguably one of the best years um, in the last 20 years for yeah. for music. Um, but um, yeah, um, we could definitely spend some time to talk about that on like another episode and get a little more. Yeah, into yeah, it. yeah. Um, I also want to ask Madigan, though. Matt right now too. Sorry. I feel like you're gonna have a really interesting take on this as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like it's gonna be like you're gonna be so, like that so, album I listened so to when album. I was two and a half years old. Man, that was great. Well, uh, I mean, I think uh, I'm not gonna go into that again because, but like that was influential. I don't really think. I mean, the Velvet Underground would eventually become an, inf- an influential band for me, but that would be way later. Um, but I actually think that the band that's been with me the most. Uh, is probably the Clash. Um, okay. They, I think they are easily the best punk band, and probably one of the ten best rock and roll bands ever. No, in ter- I, I could agree with that as in well. In terms, in terms of like both importance and actual message. Yeah. Um, but they, you know, that was a band that that introduced me to swaths of music that I would not know without like that was where I first I didn't I didn't hear you know reggae through Bob Marley I heard it through White Man and Hammersmith Palais by The Clash I heard it through yeah. I heard it through um, Police and Thieves by The Clash <laughs> which is a cover Are you tell me that you discovered Bob Marley through The Clash is that no no I, did, I discovered <laughs> like... I, well see I avoided Bob Marley because um, much much like you mentioned uh, when you first got high like when I first got high I was like 14 and um, the people that I got high with all had Bob Marley posters but I also thought they were kind of idiots so I tended yeah. to stay away from yeah, him yeah um, I could see yeah, that yeah that well. seems like a but, like a typical you know, stoner thing but, but see but eventually I did get to Bob Marley because I developed an infatuation with reggae and and I got to Bob Marley, and I understood it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't always about you know, it. W- I just thought from that point of view, it was just all all about getting high. And there is a vast amount of reggae about getting high, but usually that's not the best stuff. Well, I feel like most of Bob Marley stuff is literally about. I mean, he has incredible songs, just commentary on the world and like the political climate of the world. Yeah, it's all uh, very general. But but the thing is, there. Like all of his hits, all of his like super big hits, except for like No Woman No Cry, involve a good time in some fashion. Yeah. And usually, in it, since he was Rastafarian, <clears throat> or he was a Rastafari, I should say, um, which is a religion, um, he didn't really drink. He did a lot of weed, which is okay in Rastafari. Um, I think I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not an expert on that. I, I could. Be I think wrong. it's something like that. But I'm, like, I'm not sure either. But like, but like, the Clash was really is is 
they still find ways to speak to me in new in new ways. Um, in terms of when I actually started paying attention to how music was made, um, uh, the Beach Boys. Yeah. Like, okay. Like yeah. Yeah. Pet, sure. Pet Sounds is is my favorite album of all time, and I. I don't listen to it because I really want to hear wouldn't it be nice if we were older or God only knows the way I feel or the what I'd be without you which I think they're great songs that's it's not my point but like I I like looking at how the pieces fit together and, and how he structured those harmonies and how he wrote those songs and like when they finally started digging back into um, the archives for Smile when Brian Wilson released that in 2004 um it was cool because like i'd been searching i'd been bootlegging that album for 15 years before that happened you want to talk about weird dealings on on early internet man that's a good time (laughs) um but like and trying to you get you know session stuff you get chunks of it and you'll get it separated and then whatever that person who put it together um, whatever he thought it should be and you start to see like how the building blocks fit and that taught me that made me want to write about music and that made me want to learn about more music um, yeah. other, especially things that weren't in my comfort zone or even in my language um, and the last thing I'll mention because I could go on for a while um, the Tropicalia movement in uh, late 60s Brazil. Yes, I know I was born in 79. I'm not that old. Um, <laughs> but hearing music like that, which is, you know, half the world away from where the Beatles were, but they were taking a very similar idea and just and just throwing everything into sort of a bouillabaisse of like psychedelia and creating... Yeah, yeah. Wasn't it like a... Like- Poetry, but psychedelic rock combined in some yeah, way. Yeah, well, and like, and they also had severe political like oppression on their music. So, so the the, the writers had to, the the songwriters had to be more creative because you couldn't. They had to be anti-establishment without speaking Saying anti-establishment. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. they had to well, really skirt around it. And I think, and you know, getting translations of that is a is a cool thing. But I also just think that. The music itself, without understanding Portuguese, uh, speaks volumes. Yeah. I think there's a, a... I forget exactly what the quote is, but it's something in that same vein where you're talking about, like, they had to speak against the establishment without explicitly saying that they were <laughs> anti-establishment. Yeah. Uh, there's a quote, something like, uh, during the darkness, it's like the art that uh, shows light or something like that. Yep. Because there's a... Yeah, there's just a way when... There's like any level of oppression that art just gets better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. art just like yeah, artists find sure. more inspiration things that they really want to stand up for and say. And I feel like that can sometimes lead to the greatest. Uh, I mean, not even just music, just anything art art related uh, that well, can lead to some of the greatest. On things. on that on that quote note, there's a there's a an, there's an old movie called The Third Man that has a great line in it. For I think, and I don't know the the number, but like for thirty years in Italy, there was oppression, violence, and um, and just 
downtrodden masses, and that produced Leonardo da Vinci, Michelangelo, and the Renaissance. In Switzerland, 500 years of peace and equality. What did it produce? The cuckoo clock. <laughs> so, <laughs> so think about Pretty it that much. way. <laughs> For real, though, no, I'm not. It's like, like it's only half a joke. Though. It's, it's like, like it's it's funny, but you're just like, man, that's weird (laughs) that's what it were when you have nothing to complain about you have nothing to do art about it's weird (laughs) yeah and nothing happens yeah Yeah. if you're too content then what are you going to try and stand up for exactly Uh, yeah exactly so and i do i do want to say um i and i and i i'll be honest i do not like the killers um Oh man, We're, not, me and not, Brian are about to leave the show. I'm now. not. I'm not gonna. I'm. Not, I'm, well, I'm saying I don't like it. I'm not saying you guys suck for liking them. <laughs> um, I, when Hot Fuss came out in what 2003, 2004, 2000. When Hot Fuss came out, like I gravitated towards that album in a weird way. Like I listened to it over and over and over and over. And I was. I would tell anybody that would listen that they had to buy that album. And then I don't know what happened. I just stopped liking it. And I actually, I mean, because like I'll hear songs from that, you know, like Mr. Brightside or um, the one that goes, you gotta help me out. Yeah. You know, that one. You gotta help me out. (laughs) Yeah. But And I'll listen to that and I'll be like, man, I still like this. Why do I hate these guys? I don't. And no, I don't, I don't think Sam's Town was a good album or, and I don't think any other things that have come out of the killers since have been that great. Um, I think Brandon Flowers does have a phenomenal voice. I don't think The Killers showcases it very well. I think his solo album really? was, actually, was actually a better showcase for it than The Killers. You think his solo album was better for... No, saying- I said it was a better showcase for his voice. Okay. Like, getting back to the whole... I, I don't know. I feel like so much of The Killers, though, they do a great job at getting Brandon Flowers to not stay in the same range i mean he for most songs he'll have the same like level but there are times where it just even in one song where he sounds like he's singing two different songs with the way he'll transition from different sounds uh again again i i think he has a phenomenal voice but I also think there are a lot of phenomenal voices out there, but not all of them use them in the best way. Because getting back to the whole instrument versus tool thing, like Adele, Celine Dion, Mariah Carey, Christina Aguilera, great voices, great voices. I don't think they have anything interesting to say. Yeah. I mean, you could use... Well, yeah. And, like, and like that's... I feel like is more because if you look at their their stuff like they're you know no doubt phenomenal singers you know there's there's mm-hmm. no doubt about that but again i feel like they use their voices more for tools than they do as instruments like it, it's if you look at it from a musician standpoint, sure, um, it's very predictable to see where they're going to go. Yeah, but I but see you also yeah. like, but then on on the exact on the same level you have Florence and the Machine, and 
I think that I think that woman has a phenomenal voice and says some freaking cool things too. I mean, yeah. I, th- I think all of her, all three of her albums thus far are wor- they're fully formed and worth the time. I mean, B- yeah. Beyonce has a great voice in my opinion, but she didn't get good with it until like two albums ago. Yeah, like, and she's been yeah. putting out but, albums well, since the nineties. But uh, like, but I think you and I both know, Matt, that that with such a big name like that, it's not just always about you know about the voice. Is is it about this is Beyonce or this is Adele? Like, it it becomes at that point more of a product than the actual quality of the music if for a little bit now you know but see Adele's been doing that since her first album Beyonce what, uh, being she, Adele's been doing the same thing for her albums they're, they're the same they're yeah, all the yeah. same now yeah, the, fir- right. the, fir- the first one you could say might be more her but everything else is like oh that worked so we're gonna do this Again and again yeah. and again, and she's gonna be, she's gonna end up being Celine Dion, and that's just how it's gonna work. Um, Beyonce, on the other hand, has gone the opposite way, in my opinion. Um, she was definitely a product as as being the the main woman for Destiny's Child, despite what Kelly Rowland yeah. might have to say about it. Her entire public persona is extremely, extremely it's, well controlled. Yeah, and well, I mean, uh, it was it, once she went solo and like. And, and and I don't know if her getting involved with Jay-Z had anything to do with this, but, like, her first few solo albums were not good, despite her having a good voice. And I think with 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 Sasha, with uh, the album Sasha Fierce, she, like, tried to be different in a way that, in a way that was, like, she put out that sort of bad album to sort of go away and take time and do something else. And yeah. And then yeah. you got the self-titled album she released kind of as a surprise, which it was a surprise in the fact that it, it was released and it was surprised that it was a Beyonce album to me because yeah. that album was phenomenal. And I was like, oh, but Matt, yeah, no, no, sorry. You can continue. continue. Um, and then I think lemonade is, and I think Lemonade is an act is a better album because of what it does as an album. It it sort of tackles the when you are this kind of public persona. How do you create art that's not? How do you create art that you know that isn't? Well, how do you create art that you want to make while also being a pop artist that you're you have these expect expectations and these things that you're expected to fulfill like in a general sense like uh, well like, I mean it's a little different that's where was, it's like yeah is 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 right. it if she's trying to she cre- tried to create um, art that she knows as well as have it not be something that everybody already had an opinion on. Yeah, because mean, like yeah. because Lemonade yeah. came came you know post you know tabloid revelations of Jay Z cheating and all sorts of other personal drama between those two their children Solange and all of that and I'm not gonna but all of that works as a marketing tactic for the entire album as well it too it can but that doesn't mean it is yeah no I'm not well, saying it like, is at all either. 
Matt, like a little bit back to what you were saying about early Beyonce, like you have to realize too, like that was when she was like, she was in Destiny's Child Mm -hmm. and that was one thing and she broke off and then like she was trying to find herself, you know, like if, if you look at, you know, um, Adele and early videos of Adele, like you said, it's always going to be Adele. She was singing the same stuff that she was singing, trying to make it as she's singing now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and uh, the um, I, I'm, I'm not a huge Beyonce fan. Um, I don't really know so much about her life, but but I know that if you look at where she's gone since you know the birth of her solo career. Um, you know, she's definitely made a transformation. Yeah, sure. no, and that and that's what that's and what I'm agreeing. I don't see I don't see Adele changing ever doing that. Yeah, no, exactly because what she does works, and and um, you know, she's she's always going to have the the crowd of you know mothers and and you know people like that whereas i feel like beyonce is a little bit more in the forefront she has to change you know she 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 is a symbol of so many of so many things including just pop music in general Mm -hmm. that that um if you don't change you're out so to speak you know what i'm saying and you can even look at jay-z like there's a lot of controversy with his new album a lot of people say it's the same thing or whatever and um i mean i've only listened to it once but um you know it, 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 it it's not in my opinion it's not something that is really ever so changing you yeah. know what i'm saying it's it's not evolving yeah it, you know he put a new album out and he's gonna make you know 200 million dollars I'm sure mm-hmm. or, but but uh, it's it's not people were taken back because they thought maybe it was going to be um, too uniform to what he already did or yeah like you know they thought maybe it was gonna be a little bit more revolutionary yeah it didn't right. stand you know? out as much as they wanted it to well I feel like that's a, a, a yeah, there there are a whole set of problems musically uh, for pop artists that I think you're expected to to adhere to to certain like to a, a certain style, even if you don't really want to. You're just kind of told like this is what's profitable, this is what you need to make. Uh, I mean, if I think of another pop artist right now, uh, I hope I'm not wrong. I'm pretty sure it's Lady Gaga that loves country music as well. Um, she loves, uh, ja- dude. I, I, um, my parents saw her play with uh, Tony Bennett, dude, and like she did a whole jazz thing, and they, they were sending me videos. Like, I it blows my mind why she isn't marketed as a as a fucking jazz singer, dude. Like she she is so much better. Like she is so talented, and Lady yeah. Gaga. But- like how much less money would she make if she was a jazz <laughs> singer as opposed to a pop artist? And that's the thing. Exactly. That is like, like as a jazz singer, she can't wear a giant egg. But like, that's all it is. <laughs> is I wonder like, how she jazz can't show up to the, I wonder she how she'd do a jazz. a jazz cover of Bad Romance. 
Dude, I, I, I'm telling you, she's an animal. And, like, I, I talked a lot of shit about her being Lady Gaga. I, I was like, oh, this lady has no talent. And, and Lady Gaga doesn't show that much talent. No, she doesn't. And that's that's what pisses me off because I know what and, she's doing. I think that happens. With and a and lot then of you pop see her with Tony though. Bennett, and it's like, Jesus, like, lady, no, like you're blowing me away. People. You have I think a, that's you, what happens though. You have a platform, and you are at a point where you have some creative control over your stuff. Oh yeah. Be adventurous. Be adventurous till you fail. Then fall back in yeah. line, and then get back there. Like yeah. I mean, you know. I mean, being an artist of any kind is kind of like figuring out how to survive the Icarus myth. You you get to the point where you fly towards the sun. As close as you get, you know, your wings melt, you fall back, and you have to get back up and go again. And yeah. I think a lot, I mean, you know, and you, like you were saying about Beyonce, she, she was trying to find herself, but at the same time, I don't think she knew, I think she needed... She was trying to just have Destiny's Child, but just her on her first few albums. Then, yeah. then, then she decided, okay, I'm gonna actually goddamn say something. Um, Lady Gaga is at a point where she can quit trying to just be um, a bigger ticket item of what Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera were in their late '90s and early 2000s. She can, she can take some chances. Like she can, yeah. she can try something different. Hell, do well, a jazz like album. See what happens. There is a point once you reach that level, and she has to get there. A lot of pop artists they get there through pop music, but once they get there, they can branch out and do things that are are risks, but fun to them, even just personally, like projects that they want to work on. Uh, but for pop artists that are just starting and like are are, are growing, like if uh, maybe someone like Shawn Mendes or something like that. He can't do something like if he I don't know anything about him personally, but if he's like a big punk rock fan and really wants to do that right now, he can't. It will destroy like people will not respond correctly to like his new I mean, things. I would I would argue that to the point where if it's I mean, yes, he would lose a lot of fans, but he also has a brand. Sean Sean Mendez is a brand now and like if you did it slowly but surely, you kind of slipped it in there and made a transformation. Yeah, I, I think it would be all right. It's it, still it, a it, challenge, though. I mean, no, he, it, he no, it, it definitely, it definitely is. But he, he also pitched himself as that type of music. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know. Would you know? We talk about this all the time. Would we sacrifice the music? to become famous and it's like i know people that have said well yeah like do it to get in and then do whatever you want, you want when you get once you're in and you know um i think lady gaga is trying to do that too uh to yeah. bring it back to her and like you know that's now super her yeah, I mean, her Joanne is. album, her, her her Joanne album is something completely different than anything we've heard from her, um, and she got and you're right, she got a lot of shit for that, um, but people that understand music and like and and 
understand her. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, well, I, hang on, hang on. Is there uh, any understanding I, Lady Gaga? I mean, really? <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, fans, like, like uh, I, I dated a girl. She's a huge Lady Gaga fan. Mm-hmm. And um, Joanne came out and she said, I, I, I like it. Uh, there's songs I, I really, I, I really, I really like on it, but I will always be a fan of the... Poker face version. Or <laughs> yeah, 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 and and like to her, it's because it's life. It, it was life changing for her, but you can also argue um, that at the same time, like you, Joanne can be influential for people, you know, that are coming up now. Oh, of course, or, of course, or, or yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it'll be important. Well, well it's it's, di- I, I, it's different. She's go ahead. She, she, she is going to to change the way uh, she does her music, and I, I guarantee you, in, in five years, she she will be a completely different artist, and we will all be sitting back saying, "Holy shit, that was the girl that was singing." Poker face, like now, like she is. My, how the mighty like, have fallen! Like Gaga did. Yeah, not like do a, like Gaga should not have done a bluegrass album. <laughs> what, what was like, she thinking? Oh man, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's what I'm looking forward to now. The Gaga yeah. folk album. That's what needs to happen next. Her and Neil Young are gonna do a little. Her, yeah, yeah. Her and Neil yeah. Young. They're gonna do. They're gonna do an album on vocal vocoder, like trans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, um, well, and then we should really wrap this up or at least this yeah. topic because I feel like we just we, we, it mutated again it. but like yeah. I think th- exploring the relationship of uh, of a consumer to their to their music fandom versus an artist to their creation is a, is a very different thing because I know a lot of people I mean like I, I mean dating a girl now that I'm very very happy with and I'm, I plan on being with for a very long time uh, God willing, um, but like I, I would be when I was single and doing the online dating thing. You'd get you'd sit across from somebody who say they were super into music, and and they, would, and they have like super eclectic taste. But then they would name they would name like three things that sounded exactly the same. And I'm like, I don't know if I don't know if you don't know what eclectic means, um, <laughs> or or if. You think being into music is just really loving the radio, um, but there is a difference. It's when someone says that, like if someone told me it's like they're not super into music, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But if someone says they are, and then you get the feel that they just aren't on that same wavelength as or, you, or, well, it's not, with, it's, and it's, that's with anything. It's not, not even being me. on the same wavelength, like because I, I mean. I get that the three of us, if we were to sit across from anybody who said they were into music, they might not be on the same wavelength as any of us. Yeah. I don't expect that, but if you're going to say something, if you're going to say, oh, I have an eclectic taste, and then you're going to name John Mayer, Jason Mraz, and Jack Johnson. <laughs> um, yeah, probably not so much. Check your dictionary, and and then just throw all that music in the trash. <laughs> I'll say oh, it. come on. Jason, right. <laughs> I mean, it all, all 
those. Jack Johnson is great. All of those, all, all of those three have talent on some level because they made music and made money. Good for them. Um, Fun stuff. But it's it's a lot of people just don't understand their relationship with music because like a lot of people like for instance the the person who said they didn't like joanna as much as they did the early stuff and it was probably because they heard that at a point where they were just sort of coming into life uh, as not like being born but like growing up and growing up experience yeah. having experiences and that was sort of the soundtrack yeah. to them experiencing new things well i think that's something for me though too because uh as we're getting close to the end of the show here, I do want to mention too the I'm probably in the same boat as uh, Brian with like the most inspirational or something that really kickstarted my love for music. I don't know if they're the one that meant the most to me or like their lyrics or anything like that, but the Killers definitely led to like the start of all of my like my investment in music really, mm-hmm. um, and I think that. Yeah, it was just interesting to see things evolve from there, too. But growing up with them is a huge part of that. It, growing up with Hot Fuss is what leads to me like loving them so much because you just associate growing up with them and like, these just moments in your life, I feel like, with both Hot Fuss and Samstown, which is also a great album. I very much hate you for saying that. I said I didn't uh, like it. I didn't say it was bad. I said I didn't like uh, it. All right, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I think that's the type of... Uh, having music at an important time in your life, like growing up, uh, that's what leads to like your real love for it. Um, and just being able to associate those important memories. And yeah, the same thing will happen with Lady Gaga's Joanne. Even if it's different from all her other sounds before, mm-hmm. that's people are going to grow up and they're going to listen to it and they're just going to there's someone that's listening to it right now that is like in high school probably and like dealing with all the stuff that you deal with in growing up and it's going to be an important album for the rest of their life yep um, yeah. which I think is amazing too to think about just as artists that that ends up happening So I, I want to wrap up the show. We're about at an hour now. I think um, for anyone that has already uh, subscribed to the iTunes, thank you so much. Or the Google Music. We're also on Android as well. Uh, thank you so much. I love you all. Uh, try and share us with uh, as many people as you want. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I think we're Matt and the B Flats everywhere. Uh, maybe it's Matt and the Matt. The B flat, Matt B flat, Matt and Matt and the B flat worldwide. Well, I'll I'll be posting this out on social media, uh, probably very. Matt soon. got that reference. Um, <laughs> but, worldwide. Um, what are you guys talking about? Um, <laughs> Brian they, Raleigh, promote Dale. your EP, please. Yeah, Brian. No power tools. Yeah. Um, I will. Yeah, Power I've tools? Been, what are you talking uh, about? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Um, I will. Um, I have been. It's uh, it's pinned to my 
Twitter and stuff. Um, yeah. Okay. And, so uh, where can uh, where can our listeners find that? Because uh, <laughs> iTunes. So 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 uh, iTunes. Uh, under the Wayward Strangers, um, Spotify on uh, Wayward Strangers. No, the, the there's been a mix-up uh, with Spotify. We've been trying to fix it. It's actually under another band right now called Wayward Strangers. Um, Spotify like totally messed up, and they're like not getting back to us. So yeah, um, whatever. The EP no is called it's, it's called Laminar Hearts, right? Yes, having our hearts. Um, it's pr- pretty much available a- 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 um, on every platform. It's even on title. Uh, shout out Jay Z for that one. Um, <laughs> Jay Z, Kanye, Prince, where you at? <laughs> yeah, wait. Uh, it's even on Pandora for those forty-five-year-old uh, moms who still use the Pandora app. Oh, um, Come on, yeah. I love Pandora. No, you Ooh. don't. <laughs> but yeah, no, everyone, no. make sure to follow. No one does. And we're also on iTunes as well, Google Music, and all those fun places. Uh, we're on YouTube as well, so make sure uh, you follow or subscribe in all those different places. Um, Matt, I've, I'm, I'm gonna. I haven't plugged myself, so hang on. What um, are you doing, man? You I have, have no one idea. line to end the show. I well, <laughs> I will. Infinite underscore rerun on every social media platform I plan on being on. If it's not me, it's not me. So, uh, infinite underscore rewind. Find me on NGR Radio, uh, Brew Review, and now Matt in the Blue Flats. Banana and out. <laughs> <laughs>